When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Alibeth Allman Real Estate Mental Performance Podcast, helping you increase your influence and impact by investing into becoming the best version of yourself. It's a great day to be with Team Alibeth. Let's join Keith, Aaron, and Brian with today's episode. Hey, how you doing? Brian Kane, host of the Team Alibeth Allman Real Estate Mental Performance Podcast here with Aaron Young-Garrett. Keith Conlon maybe will be joining us at some point in, a, in an episode near in the future. Aaron and I currently are breaking down the book, The Power of Moments by Dan and Chip Heath. And today we're talking about chapters five and six. And if you missed our previous three episodes, we kind of did an overview of the book, broke down chapters one and two, chapters three and four, and again, today we're going through five and six. So Aaron, chapter five, in The Power of Moments, they talk about the concept of tripping over the truth, you know, and and getting to a point where you, you realize uh, the truth about something, where you realize, you know, the the... Uh, that moment of insight as it comes to you, right? As we're talking about insight uh, in kind of an introduction, when we talk about insight, it's tripping over the truth and stretching for insight. So talk to us about um, tripping over the truth as a moment of insight and maybe how that connects to, to the real estate profession. Well, in this chapter, it was, you know, one of the things that was eye-opening to me was the the part about tripping over the truth and getting the insight from real self-discovery, you know, and, and figuring out that this is what you're doing and it's getting you this result and it's no different than this other similar thing. And then you have this, you know, eye opening moment, which is the truth. And that's how you start to change whatever it is that you're doing. So whether in real estate, it's, you know, if you're taking on a client and starting the process, like, for example, we recently had an agent that would go into a listing appointment. Now she's lost three in a row. Hmm. And so, you know, we had a meeting and we were asking about what are you, what what do you think it is about when you go in, what do you do? And she told me her process. Well, she'd walk in and she would start telling the client, you know, everything they needed to do to get the house ready for showings, right? Common sense. That sounds like, yeah, that's what I would do as a listing agent. But instead of taking the moment and figuring out all the positives about the house, all the things she would be selling about the house, because the client was taking it as, here's all the things you think are wrong with my house. Mm -hmm. So when they'd have another agent come in, the other agent was like, this is great. You know, we'll have to do a few things here and there, but I'm not going to worry about that now. Let's talk about what your plans are moving you forward. Whereas this agent was like, just going ahead and, you know, she was sort of skipping the first step mm. and, you know, sort of telling them, overwhelming them with what they, the client thought of was a negative. And we start talking about that, you know, sure enough, next listing appointment, she thought about what she was selling and held back on what needed to be done first and save that for the next appointment after she had the signed listing agreement. Mm. So, you know, that was, you know, that was sort of an interesting that it, you know, that 
she didn't realize she was doing it. She thought she was being helpful. It's interesting. And there, there's a, you know, cause there's a, there's a part in this book on page hundred where they talk about a facilitator that went into a very dirty situation and had to help people kind of change their behaviors. And the facilitator was trained only in the ability to ask questions, not to offer advice or opinions. And as somebody who, who coaches people for a living, as I'm reading that, I go, man, I, I fall, I fall into that behavior of offering advice and offering opinions versus asking the questions and trying to guide people maybe to the answer. It may take more time up front, but it's the only way for long-term change is for someone to own that, that, that answer that they get to. Um, and it sounds like with the agent that you were just mentioning, they came to kind of that same realization of talking to the, to the client about what their goals were, what their vision was, what they enjoyed about the house. And even though the agent could then still offer some suggestions to make the showing look better, what they could do, they just provided the opportunity for the listing or for the owner to maybe get to some of that realization and then agree to make that customer or that client even feel better about their situation. Right. And, you know, also, you know, with this, it's that self insight that they talk about that causes the change that initiates the change and, or, you know, in the person. And like on the, if you're an agent representing a buyer, you know, most agents don't take the client to the best house first because they know that's not, they're not going to buy the first one they see, you know, they, they have to see the market and and see what's going on and then they sort of you sort of guide them into you know realizing like you know here you might guide them into saying like you know what i thought i needed a downstairs master but an upstairs master isn't really a you know isn't really the breaking point that i thought it was you know it wasn't it isn't you know i think i can do an upstairs master now that we've seen you know several houses with it and the you know what i and the house does live this way. And, you know, but it's, if you just, as, as sort of that mentor or, you know, person that's guiding them, if you walk in and say, look, here's the list of criteria you gave me, and here's a house that matches every criteria, you know, and then they don't want to buy it. Well, it's because they haven't had, they didn't self-discover the insight. And mm -hmm. I thought that was so powerful. Yeah, and I think it was interesting too in the in the page on page 108 where they talked about a a I think it was University of Virginia where they offered a course in course uh, they offered professors a course in course design. And the questions they started by asking the professors were 3 to 5 years from now my students still know or they are still able to do or they still find value in. Right. And I think as a, as a, as a, as a teacher, a former, you know, adjunct college professor of sports psychology, I used to, to just, I wouldn't design lessons with the idea in mind of like, Hey, three to five years from now, what do I want my students to know? I would design a lesson say, Oh, okay. I got 13 weeks semester and we got three hours a week for 13 weeks. What do I want to cover in those kind of 13 classes? I wouldn't start with the bigger question of what do I want my, my students to know? And I think as a real estate agent, you could say three to five years from now, what is it I want my client to still say about me? Three to five years from now, what do I want my client to still feel about our experience together? You know, and I think if you ask yourself questions like that, what do you think some of the answers would be the agents would say if, if they were asked the question three to five years from now, I want my clients to say? You know, I would, I would hope they would say something about the customer service that they were provided about the availability, um, 
that they provided for their clients, you know, something along those lines. Um, what they're still able to do, I hope, I hope it's something in the in regards to the state sustainability of their business hmm. and their their ability to have continued it and grown it over the three to five years and something they still find value in. You know, I would I would hope people look at it and say that that you know their expertise has grown as they've grown as an agent. Hmm. That they're still connected, mm-hmm. right? That they're still this, that, they, that when you think about real estate, the first thing you think of is the agent who sold you the house three to five years ago because there's still some kind of connection. You still get a Christmas card or a holiday card. You still get a like we talked about moments. You still get a house anniversary gift or a house anniversary call or something every year to say, hey, it's your two year anniversary. How is everything going? And it's just in that routine and that calendar that that's part of your process as an agent so that three to five years from now, they might say, and every year I hear from my agent on my anniversary of my house. Did you know that there's house buying anniversaries? Like I've never even heard of that before until we started doing this breakdown. But right. what, a, what a great idea. And there's two groups that know about it, the agent and the people that bought or sold, you know, or I guess really bought. And that's that's it. You know, it's not like other family members are celebrating a house anniversary. You know, they don't even think about that. But there's only two, the person that bought and the agent that helped them buy. Right. And if you're it's the only a, people that ever know about it, and if you're at a deeper level with your client and you know, hey, what type of bottle of champagne or what type of bottle of wine do they enjoy? Like mm-hmm. and every year you show up at the door with the bottle of wine and the bow on it and a card that says happy anniversary. Like as a client, I'm never going to forget that. And when I want to go sell my house, you know who I'm going to call. You know? Exactly. And so let's say you're there for 10 years and they get you a $50 bottle of wine every year. They've made a $500 investment to get your business 10 years from now, which is you know, you're going to make a lot more than $500 back when you sell that house. Right. Exactly. So you know, the, it was also, it was on page 106 where he talked about, you can't appreciate the solution until you appreciate the problem. Yeah. Right. And that was, that was what that self insight was so powerful. Yeah. But I think so many times like identifying what's the, what's the problem we're trying to solve? And I think, you know, when you're in marketing or you're in sales, that's really what it is, is it's problem solution, right? So when you're going to try to get a house listing, what's the biggest problem that the, that the person who's making a decision on who they're going to list the house with, what's the biggest problem that they have? Is it how much the house is going to get listed for? Is it how quickly it can be sold? Is it, is it the availability of the listing agent? Is it the feedback from the listing agent that's going to help them to get the house sold more quickly? Maybe they don't want to sell the house for a while. They're being proactive. Maybe they want to finish out a school year, you know, whatever it is. So I being able to quickly identify what is the biggest problem or need that my client has and how do I provide that solution versus going and thinking we have the solution when we haven't uncovered the problem. That's so true. Stretching for insight, chapter number six, Aaron, if we take a look through that, um, you know, I thought it was interesting. They shared a couple examples. One woman who opened up a bakery, she, she was a, she was a baker and then she went to open her own bakery and it failed in 18 months. And she said, I realized I'm, I'm great when I work for others because they rely on me, but working for myself, I'm a terrible boss, you know? So I think, so many times people will say, oh, you should go open your own spot. Well, maybe you don't want to do that. Maybe you just want to bake. You don't want to have to run a budget and hire and do all the other things that come along with being a business owner versus somebody who's an operator and has a specific job they're passionate about. And you know, on this, applying it to real estate, one of the things that people often ask me is, you know, how do people 
do everything so well? How do they do the social media, the marketing, the print marketing, the being in front of the clients, the networking so well? And, you know, you're only going to do well at what your niche is. Mm -hmm. So if your niche is open houses, go do open houses. And that's where you'll make all your, your business and sustain your business. If your house is social media, I mean, if your niche is social media, you know, really focus on your niche. And I thought this was such a great example because, you know, she realized she did, she stretched herself and she went out and opened her own bakery. But then what her reality was, was that I can't even, here I am working for myself, doing everything that I'm overworked. And now I hate it. You know, because it's always, you know, um, um, Tom Brady has a quote, a great quote, and it says, everybody wants to be where you are until they realize what it takes to be there. And it's so true. You know, you always look at, at really people that you think are really successful, and then you start realizing what it is that's there. I mean, our top agents love them to death, but, you know, they're, they're, you know, single agents that don't have families, they're not raising kids, they're hundred percent focused on their business and they're excellent at it. They're great at it. And I have great respect for them. But, you know, a lot of my agents that are raising three or four kids, you know, are saying, why am I not here? I'm like, cause, cause when they're working, when you're raising, when you're at, you know, taking your kids to yeah. dinner and at the soccer game and this and that, and that's the difference. So you got to, sh- you, you know, it's a reality of accept where you are and then go be good at that place. Yeah, it's true. Uh, that's the truth there, right? That and having, having a five-month-old who just rolled over for the first time back to front. Yes. Say, Let's go, Carolyn. But doubling down on your strengths, you know, identify what you're right. good at, double down on those and position yourself in a place where your strengths come to fruition instead of spending so much time leveling up my weaknesses. Let's double down on my strengths and make that what is is most you know, uh, prolific and out there for people to see, because then they're seeing the best side of you. The one thing on page 117, I thought maybe is the best line in the entire book is it says action leads to insight more than insight leads to action. Like you have to stay busy as an agent, right? You have got to learn to fail and you've got to learn to say, to, to, to learn from those failures and move forward. Action leads to insight more than insight leads to action. He says, learning who we are, what we want and what we're capable of is a lifelong process. And they give the example in there I thought was tremendous of Sarah Blakely. And one of the coolest things uh, you know I've ever I've ever heard is that Sarah Blakely, when she and her, her siblings would have uh, dinner with their father, the father would ask him, what did you guys fail at this week? In a quote from the book, it says, if we had nothing to tell him, he'd be disappointed. The logic seems counterintuitive, but it worked beautifully. He knew that many people become paralyzed by the fear of failure. They're constantly afraid of what others will think if they don't do a great job. And as a result, take no risks. My father wanted us to try everything and feel free to push the envelope. His attitude taught, his attitude taught me to define failure as not trying something I want to do. Let me say that again. His attitude taught me to define failure is not trying something I want to do instead of not achieving the right outcome. So the key thing here is like when, when you seek out situations where you might fail, failure loses some of its menace. You become inoculated against it. Like you get told no nine times and or 900 times. And it's like, good. The next one's going to be a yes. 
and you keep moving forward. I mean, anybody who's working in real estate, anybody who's working in sales, uh, being able to change your relationship with failure is massive mindset shift. It's only going to help you be more successful. Unpack that for us a little bit, Aaron. You know, that was, that was such a great, a, a great lesson. And I don't know how many times I've heard you say action leads to insight. Hmm. Um, and, you know, it leads you forward. And as I was telling you earlier, I remember the first time I had a good friend I was working for, had a listing with them, took them four offers. They never would sign one. And then they ended up firing me as their listing agent. It was the first time it ever happened and actually only time. But the I came back to the office and I ran into Ali Beth, the owner of our firm, founder of our firm. And I told her about it. And she said, send flowers, write a note saying, thank you for the opportunity and move on. Sorry. And sort of, so what? And it's, you know, it was that, that I was sort of, at first I was taken back, like, you know, do you know what that meant to me? Do you know, you know, do you know what that kind of failure meant to me and all these things? And, you know, so, but I did it. I, I wrote a thank you note and had some flowers delivered mm. and, you know, and then sure enough, you know, I moved on to the next thing because I had to, I had to go make money somewhere else. So, but it was just that. And, you know, even in, in this, you know, he is a, the psychologist that, you know, was a doctor that a patient had asked him, you know, to spend 15 minutes or spend some time with them. And he, he said, I'll be back in 15 minutes. And that 15 minutes, the client had committed suicide, but his mentor took the doctor and got the details and went over it. And then he said, change clothes and let's go see the next client. You know, let's go see the next patient. And, you know, in the moment he talks about being in shock on that, but, but what it did is from a, a mentor is he pushed him forward and, and led him more into a place. And in my position here as the sales manager, that's one of the things that it makes me think about is, you know, where, you know, just like we talked about double down on your strengths mm. and then also look at something where you can push yourself forward. And if you fail, you fail, but at least, you know, to move, it will move you forward in another direction that you will find success. Yeah, I love that. And then the, and if you look at kind of the summary of the chapter, right, it talks about the formula for mentorship, which is what we just referenced with Sarah Blakely's father, with the psychologist, his mentor, with Allie Beth, with you, is the formula for mentorship that leads to self-insight is high standards, assurance, direction, and support. And when we have those things as, as a leader, we have high standards, we have assurance, we have direction that we provide and support that we provide. I think we're able to help create some of those moments of insight. And one of the things uh, that they finished the chapter with here is that the promise of stretching, trying something hard, going beyond what you're used to, it's not success, it's learning. And I think that's the mentality maybe we wrap up this chapter with is in life, there's winners and learners and those who continue to learn and continue to get the insight from learning because they're pushing the envelope and trying new things. Those are the people that are ultimately going to win in the marathon known as being a real estate agent. That's, and I, I love that. My mom always said to us growing up, keep yourself interesting mm. and, you know, always find something that you can go learn and learn more about and explore just keep yourself interesting and others will be interested in you mm. and you won't have a problem figuring out what to do. Awesome. Aaron, good breakdown. Next week, we're going to move into moments of pride and going to break down chapters is going to be seven and eight next week where we're talking about 
moments of pride in the two chapters in there underneath, creating those moments of pride. Actually, there's three of them. Chapter seven, eight, and nine are recognizing others, multiplying milestones, and practicing courage. Sounds like a chapter designed for a mental performance coach. Can't wait for it. Until then, let's not count the days. Let's make the days count. It's a great day to be with Team Allie Beth. Aaron, thank you for being here. Thank you.